Welcome back. It's like we just saw you yesterday or something. Um, we are going to do something a little different this morning. Um, not different, but different. Uh, the Judges chapter 5 is uh, the song of Deborah and Barak after they have um, had the victory over Sisera. And it is just a really, really hard chapter. <laughs> So um, I was having a very major mental block this week trying to study through that. So we're going to jump out of uh, the book of Judges for today, and I'll take next week and work through Judges chapter 5. But today we're going to be in Acts chapter 6. And um, I don't know about you guys, but yesterday had its times of joy and fun, and uh, I did have a good time. But it was also a little frustrating, and um, <clears throat> I was praying this morning, and this uh, these two men came to mind. So, Acts chapter 6 and verse number 1. The Bible says, And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over the business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost, and Philip, and Procurius, and Nicanor, <clears throat> Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. We thank you so much for what you're doing in this small group. Lord, I know that... Um, You have great plans here. I just pray, Lord, that you would strengthen us and encourage us. Lord, that you would guide and direct us to fulfill those plans and those desires. Lord, I pray that you would work in a mighty way through us today, that you would encourage our hearts. Lord, that we would be that bold and effective witness that you need us to be. So God, please guide and direct. Speak to us today. We love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now in verse number 5, we see that they chose out seven men, just as they were told. And the first two men that are, that are named are Stephen and Philip. Stephen and Philip uh, are going to end up having two very different lives as deacons. This is uh, the passage where the, our... our um, Our group, denomination, gets the idea of deacons from. Uh, these are men that are supposed to be a help to the pastor, that are supposed to be uh, able to help with the needs of the ministry um, in every capacity. Men that are full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. And Stephen and Philip are really the only two that we hear of after verse number five. And again, they have very different lives. So we're going to take a look at Stephen and Philip real quick today and uh, just see some parallels to 
uh, our lives and hopefully be encouraged. So if we jump down now to Acts chapter 6 and verse number 8, we see Stephen has just been chosen and they've just prayed over and uh, they're continuing on. And verse number 8 says, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Then there arose certain of the synagogue, which is called the synagogue of the Libertines and Cyrenians and Alexandrians and of them of Cilicia and of Asia, disputing with Stephen. And they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spake. Then they suborned men, which said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes and came upon him and caught him and brought him to the council and set up false witnesses which said, This man ceaseth not to speak blasphemous words against the holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth shall destroy this place and shall change the customs which Moses delivered us. And all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Now, chapter 7 is Stephen's sermon in the middle of this council. And for sake of time today, uh, because there's just so much in it, we're not going to read that. But if you skip down to verse number 51 in chapter 7, we're going to see the end of Stephen's sermon. Chapter 7 and verse number 1 of the book of Acts says, Ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, ye do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted, and they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it? Then they heard least then... When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven, and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears, and ran upon him with one accord, and cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Stephen, who had just been appointed as a deacon, went and preached and did what he was supposed to do. And his first sermon... They stoned him to death. I'm so glad that that didn't happen on my first sermon. <laughs> the first sermon I ever preached was down in Creston, and um, I had eight pages of notes. I got through all eight pages of notes in under ten minutes. It was a disaster. But Stephen here, following God, doing exactly what God wanted him to do, full of the Holy Ghost had probably had the worst day that he's ever had. 
that he will ever have because now he's in heaven and he is living for all eternity with God where there's no sorrow, there's no pain, there's no suffering. Just learning at Jesus' feet. But this one message that he preaches in chapter 7 affects the crowd so much that they're willing to plug their ears and commit murder all in the name of God. Then if we go down to chapter 8, we start in verse number 5, we see Philip. Acts chapter 8 and verse number 5, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and they were lame, were healed. And there was great joy in that city. But there was a certain man called Simon, which before time in the same city used sorcery and bewitched the people of Samaria, giving out that himself was some great one, to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. And to him they had regarded, they had regard, because that of long time he had bewitched them with sorceries. But when they believed Philip's, when they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also, and when he was baptized, he continued with Philip, and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, who when they were come, sorry, who when they were come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And we go down and we see in Peter is here and he, and he's speaking with Simon and Simon the sorcerer wants to try and buy the gifts of God, but we jump over to verse number 29 of chapter 8. It says, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. The place of the scriptures which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and like a lamb dumb before his shearers, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation, for his life is taken from the earth? And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water, what doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou be believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Now Philip, again, is just been made a deacon he's just been given responsibility and he goes out and he begins to preach 
he begins to preach in Samaria and people get saved and they get baptized and <clears throat> they rejoice. The sorcerer himself gets saved. The man that's bewitched the city gets saved and gets baptized. And of course, he has some stumbling when he tries to pay Peter to become, uh, to get the power of God to, to cast out devils. But then God takes Philip and moves him and puts him in the position of being in the path of the Ethiopian eunuch. And Philip is able to preach to him and expound the word to him. And the eunuch gets saved. We see the lives of two, two men that are very, very different. And to me, as I thought about this this morning, as I prayed, as I, I, I struggled last night, trying to get through the book of Judges and, and trying to get through chapter 5 and just being stuck. Not only in these two do we see two different men and two different outcomes, for us today we see two different days. Not every day can be a day where uh, we go out and we do the will of God and the world rejoices. Not every day can be Pentecost where Peter stands up and the other 12 stand up and, and they preach and they give the word of God and, and everyone hears it in their own language and, and thousands are saved. Some days, we have to have Stephen days mm -hmm. where things just don't go right. <laughs> and you notice that with Stephen, we didn't go through the message, but chapter 7 gives Steve, Stephen's sermon. It... it, it one of the best sermons that could ever be preached. But you notice with Philip, God didn't add that in. Because God knows, well, for one, God used only very specific words. Again, we, we've talked about this before. before. There's, there's the principle of the measured word that, that tells us that God gave us everything He wants us to have between the covers of this Bible. From Genesis to Revelation, He gave us everything that He wants to have. And the Bible tells us that if the works of just Christ when He walked on this earth were all written down, the books of the world could not hold it. So God, from creation, has so much information that He wants us to have, but He chose just these few words. And that's why it's so important when God repeats Himself that we listen. But it's also very important to understand the things that he leaves out. Not to try and guess at what they are, but just to understand the silence. We understand that in Acts chapter 8, God doesn't give Philip's sermon because it's not the words that are important. It's God. It's the moving of the Spirit. In Acts chapter 7, God gives Stephen's sermon because those words were important. Because those words were truth and they were foundational. And they came to the point where they just turned man against God. So, for me, I... I don't know. I, I try to hide my emotions. I try to just be upbeat and happy all the time. 
My wife is rolling her eyes. Because <laughs> I'm not. I'm not generally smiling. I'm not generally bubbly. But I try to maintain a pretty even keel. And yesterday, I have to admit, I was a little disappointed. You know, we, we put in a lot of effort. We put in a lot of planning. And things just didn't go right. It was just us. But the thing I want to take away from that is that's exactly who needed to be there yesterday. Yeah. That's good. Because we needed to have that fellowship time. And yeah, the sermon illustration didn't go right. <laughs> Thankfully, I didn't break my legs. But we learned. I'm sure each and every one of us learned a lesson, not necessarily from the message but or from the devotional, but we learned a lesson about how we need to be, what we need to do, how to prepare for the next time. But the other thing about Stephen and Philip, Philip had this tremendous impact. And when you read Stephen's life, you may think that he really didn't. But Stephen had a much greater impact. Because at the end of chapter 7, Come on, I just saw it. In verse number 58, it says, And cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. Saul of Tarsus was consenting. Chapter 8 and verse number 1, And Saul was consenting unto his death. Saul of Tarsus watched Stephen be stoned, listened to the word that he preached. Stephen planted that seed. And while Philip got to see the seeds grow and sprout and be harvested, Stephen never did. But Acts chapter 9 and verse number 1, and Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogue, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did he eat or drink. Saul goes on, and God takes Ananias and heals Saul of his blindness. And Ananias teaches him 
about God and, and Saul gets saved. And the rest of the New Testament, except for just a smattering of books, are written by Paul. The majority of the doctrine that God has for the church today comes from the epistles of Paul. The vast majority of it. All because a seed was planted with Stephen. We never know who's watching. We never know when that person is... that next person that's going to hear the word and, and be converted and take up the cross and do greater works than we have ever done is going to arrive. So we're going to have Stephen days and we're going to have Philip days. So far it's been more Stephen than Philip. But we can't forget that Saul's watching. We can't forget that even the worst day on earth in the will of God cannot compare to what God has planned for us. It's all going to be worth it. So, a little short again today, but you know, we just have to be encouraged. I'm encouraged. I really am. We had everybody that I expected to be there. There. My mom showed up. And she said she's coming back today for service. So, praise the Lord. So, I'm encouraged. Things are happening. But we have to just keep moving forward. We have to not let the world discourage us when things don't go the way we think they should and understand that they went exactly how God thought they should.